0: Well, you might have noticed this, but men and women are different,
1: right? We're, we're different.
0: Yeah, we're different. We're not just talking about physically men and women are different. They're wired completely different. In fact, I like to illustrate it this way. You know, if you, if you take Barbie and Ken doll, and you look at how little boys and little girls play with these things, you know, it's interesting. I don't know a lot about Ken and Barbie, but I do know this. Have you ever noticed Barbie owns everything? <laughs> She's got the house, the car, the pool. She owns everything. Ken's a freeloader. He owns nothing. Anyway, so think about this. If you would give these little dolls to a couple little girls, what would they do?
1: Oh, I mean, it's obvious. They would talk to each other like, oh, I like your oh, bathing I mean,
0: suits. I mean, it'd be like this. You have, you know, Barbie over here going, oh, I like your swimming suit that I bought for you. I own that thing. Thin. I like your hair. That's a nice cut. I like, uh, I like what you're doing. So, I mean, they would communicate the entire time. Talk, 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 talk right? Well, here's the thing. If you gave these little dolls to two little boys, and again, I'm making generalities. This isn't true of all boys and all girls. It's just a general statement, but it's somewhat true. If you gave these little dolls to little boys... They would do this. I mean, that's probably what they would do. Why? Because boys and girls, men and women are different.
1: Ours actually had little guys, and they put firecrackers on them and (laughs) exploded them. But yeah, it can be so different.
0: And so here's the amazing thing. So you bring that, differences, into marriage. And again, we're not saying all men are this way and all women are that that way, but we are different, Mm -hmm. and we're completely wired differently. So then we come into a marriage, and we're like, okay, I've got to figure out what her biggest need is and what his biggest need is. So here's what we're going to do in this session. We're going to talk about the number one need of men. And the number one need of women. Again, it's generalities that may be flipped in your relationship, mm-hmm. but generally this is pretty much true.
1: And we're really hoping that you will become an expert of what your spouse needs. Like, yeah. that's our goal.
0: Yeah. So let's talk first about men. Is that all right? Yeah. We'll start with men. Okay, let me ask the ladies out there. Yell out right now. What is the number one need of your man? Or generally, what's the number one need of men? Did I hear you say sex? Yeah, I think you're right. No. It isn't sex, it's actually respect. I'm sure some of you said respect as well. And sex and respect, same thing. So anyway, it's it's respect. And it's interesting to think of what that means. And I didn't know this. You know, I had no idea when I chose to follow Christ my junior year in college that the Word of God, the Bible, actually spoke practically about relevant things. I honestly didn't know that. And it's interesting when you open this book and you start to read about marriage and relationships, and, and
1: it says a lot about marriage oh, and relationships. There's so
0: much wisdom in here, it's amazing. And so one of the, the premier chapters on marriage is in a New Testament book called the Book of Ephesians. And you go toward the end of that book, and the Apostle Paul, who wrote that letter to a church in a city called Ephesus, that's why it's called Ephesians, he just starts... Outlining some principles for marriage. It's really interesting. At the end of that section, let me read it to you in Ephesians 5. He says this. He says, however, each one of you also must love his wife. He's talking to husbands here. He must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. It's interesting that he says to men, love your wife. We're going to talk about that in a second. But he says to women, not love your husbands, Respect your husband. You know what he's getting at? And I believe the Bible is inspired by God. God specifically inspired these words. He's getting at the number one need, women, of your man, of your sons, of your dad, but of, especially your, boss. of yeah. your husband is respect. He longs. I think that's our, our number one need, and not only a, a need, it's our
1: want. Well, and I had never heard that, I and mean, I didn't hear that growing up. And then I get married, and we've been married a while, and I hear that, and somebody reads it in the Bible, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, okay, like, you're, what does that mean? You're, you're awesome. And so
0: I'm going to explain <laughs> to the women out there. What it means, and then Anna explain to the men what it means for a, a wife to be loved. So let's talk about respect for a minute. And I just like to say it this way: every man needs, I think, wants his wife to be his biggest cheerleader, to, to cheer him on. And I, and I always add this in. You know, if you came home, uh, wives, and you, we came home, and you were wearing a cheerleader oh my sweater, yeah, you know, a big D on the front. We should sell those instead of our book. Unbelievable. That's what we sell. Anyway,
1: just, just ignore all that. All right, ignore that. So,
0: but, but it really is. It's like, okay, what's respect look like? It looks like. We want someone to to cheer us, right? And it's interesting. You can tell when a man is feeling disrespected two ways. They'll either respond in anger when they feel disrespected or they'll withdraw. Seriously, we men are wired for respect, and so we go wherever we're being respected. And I'll I'll never forget, Ann and I were asked, Actually, Ann was asked to speak to a mother's a preschooler, and they, she invited me to go with her. So we show up on the stage. I haven't said anything to her about what I'm going to say. I just think I'm going to tell women what, what, what men, yeah. how men are wired type deal.
1: And these women are all excited, like, oh, this will be good to get a man's perspective. So Dave starts talking, and he starts sharing these things I've never heard. He's like, women. I don't think you understand, but as little boys and as men, as boys growing up, there's usually someone in our lives cheering for us, like, good job, you're the man, look at you. You know, it could be a mom or a dad or a coach or a grandparent. Or a teacher, someone saying, you're so good at that. Way to go. And he's clapping. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And so then he goes, I played college football. So on Saturdays, you know, I'm a quarterback. And so there's people in the stands cheering for me, clapping for me. Hundreds of thousands of people, <laughs> as I remember. And he goes, and then I met Ann. And she basically says, of all the men in the world, I choose you, Dave Wilson. And she's cheering for me. And, I'm, you know, I'm sitting on the stool like, This is good. I like this. Like, yeah, this is really good. He goes, and then we're married for a while, and we walk in the door, and all we hear is boo. Boo! And as he's st- as Dave's booing, he's turning to me.
0: <laughs> I was, I was yeah. actually standing over here, you know, giving this talk, and I go, boo! And I hadn't told her any of this. I didn't even know I was going to say this. I thought, this is from God. This is awesome. Oh. Boo! And so I look over, and I'm like, uh-oh.
1: I'm like, are you kidding me right <laughs> I'm a, now? I'm in big trouble. And I'm thinking to myself, I do not boo you. <laughs> and so I don't even know how the talk ended. Do you know how it ended?
0: I have no, all I know is we got in the car. one of those drives home. <laughs> You know, like, oh, no, this isn't going to go well. And so she...
1: I say to him, like, what was that? I I said, do you think I boo you?
0: And I said, well, you don't literally boo me, but it doesn't feel like you're trying to help me. It feels like you don't like me.
1: And I said, this is my exact words. I am helping you. Like, you do not understand. that like people see you, oh, you're Dave Wilson, but I see the real you, and I'm like, you need some help. I'm just helping you to be a better man.
0: And so what ended up happening is we went on this journey. It wasn't a year. It was several years. But you really started to understand what makes me come yeah, alive. I
1: think what happened, Dave said, you critiqued me. When I do something, you always tell me how I should have done it, what I should do, what I shouldn't do. Even with the kids, I feel like I can't do anything right. You're always, you're always kind of fixing me. And here's what I thought. I thought, am I being his mom? Hmm. Because no husband wants to be married to his mom. And so I took note of what I was thinking in my head about Dave, and then I took note of what I was speaking to him. And I'm telling you, it was bad. What I thought about him wasn't good because I was continually thinking, don't do that, don't put that there. Why aren't you doing this? Well, you should do this. Why aren't you doing this with the kids? I was continually in my head critiquing him and really it was not pretty. And so then I realized, wow, I am saying things negative all the time. Like he'd take out the trash. Like he should take out the trash. You know, that's his job. And all,
0: all I could say is... I
1: never even thanked him for any of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this was a long time ago. But all I know is those two symptoms, I withdrew and I got angry. Mm. And you didn't even know those were signs of disrespect. Now it's like, oh, when you see that, you should step back and say, what did I do or say that made my man feel disrespected? And all I can tell you, it's been decades since then, she has become my biggest cheerleader.
1: Mm.
0: I am not kidding. She started believing in me, started speaking. I mean, she would say, you're an amazing man. You're an amazing man of God. And I would honestly think, no, I'm not. I would even say, no, I'm not. It's like she says, this is who you are, and I'm like, no, I'm here. But here's what happens, and women, you got to understand this. When When a person speaks life into a man, when you as the wife speak life into your husband or to your son's, It breeds life in us, and we want to become the man you say we are. And I wasn't the man she said I was, but I wanted to become that man. Does that make sense? And so she would say that, and it's like I started to rise up to become the man she said I was that I didn't even believe I was yet, but guess what? I became a better man because of her belief and her respect and her cheering for me she no longer boos me, and I'm not saying our marriage is perfect or any of that, but it's just like, oh my gosh, but she I, I started still, I can now. still
1: speak truth and say what I think, but it's, it's wrapped in love now. It's very different.
0: And so here's what we're going to do, especially for the women. We're going to give you the top three cheers for your man. These are three things. There's a, there's a lot more in the book, but here's three things you can do that makes us men feel respected, all right? First one's this, notice. Mm. Just write that down, notice, or put that in your, in your brain. Notice. What he does. I'm saying this, cheer who he is and cheer what he does. Cheer who he is and cheer what he does. And that and it starts with, you notice the things he does. Anne started to notice the good. You know, yeah. she wasn't chopping the plant anymore. She was like appreciating and watering and fertilizing the good in me, and it made me be a better man. I'll never forget. Uh, back when we started our church, we used to have these little cards that we, we would put in the program for people to write down prayer requests. We called them CR cards, confidential requests. And they ended up being critique cards. <laughs> people wouldn't sign their name. They'd just critique us. And I, I remember a, a season I got a whole stack of those where they were negative. They are like, you're not a good preacher. I don't like coming to this church. I don't think you have the gift of teaching, blah, blah, blah. And so I started to lose confidence, and I would feel I, I shouldn't even be on the stage preaching. And so I remember sharing with Ann one night, yeah. and I was feeling that. He
1: came to bed and he was sharing all of that with me. And I'm just going to tell you how embarrassed I am to tell you this, but when he shared it, the first thought that came into my head was, you should read your Bible more and spend more time with Jesus because then you'd be a better preacher and your messages would be better. I actually thought that. And in the past, I would have said that to him. Like, talk about boo, that's horrible. And so here's what I did. I went to God first and I said, God, should I say anything? That's, that's a great thing to do. Just, God, should I say anything? And if I should say anything, God, what should I say? Put something in my mind. And you guys, instantly, I had this thought that came to my mind. And I said it to Dave. I said, I can't imagine what it's like to be you, that you have thousands of people dependent on your walk with God. Like, that's a weighty thing, and I would hate to feel that pressure. That's got to be really hard. I mean, I'll never
0: forget when she said that. I literally crawled over and I just hugged her. and I'm like, you are my life. He
1: did. He said that. He's like, you are my life. I mean, I cried that night because like, he said that you are my life. Hmm. And what I thought was how many times have I used my words to tear him down hmm. and to destroy him thinking I was helping him and doing good when all the time I had this power of influence to be able to speak life to him. And that made him want to be around me more. And
0: I'll tell you what, the fact that I said you are my life, that should help you women go, wow, that's at the core of a man. Mm. They are longing. It's, it's honestly true. Women, listen to this. It's, it's like we're little boys. <laughs> and we're like 12 years old, even though we may be 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. And we're just longing for someone to see us and notice what we do how we work, how we sacrifice, and nobody sees it, and all they do is critique, and then your wife or somebody comes along and says, man, I see it, I notice, oh my gosh, it brings life to the soul of your man, to the soul of your sons, I'm telling you, this is big for men, it's simple, just cheer them.
1: And I'm going to add this too, for those of you who are in blended families, Mm -hmm. and you have a stepdad. He feels so insecure of not feeling like he knows what he's doing all the time, especially if you have kids that he's now parenting. Make sure you encourage him and give him advice. Advice, not advice, critiquing advice, but honey, you're doing a great job. Like, go there with him.
0: So here's the second one. Speak life. Don't just... Notice it, but then speak life out to him, out to them. You know, it's interesting. I want to change this illustration here that's in our notes. Okay. Because to speak life, it was what Ann did that night. But it's like you got to go to God first and ask him, should I say this? How should I say it? When should I say it? It's interesting. Share this story.
1: um, I don't even know what he's going to say. I know,
0: but it's a powerful story about when you were complaining about our boys. And you're walking through the woods.
1: yeah. All our boys were teenagers at the time, and I was like, I was spent. I was angry. I was frustrated with them, and so I had to get out of the house. So I go on this six-mile walk, and I am venting to God, like, God, are you seeing our kids right now? Like, they are out of control. There's no respect here. They're not listening. They're not doing. And so I go on this rampage of just going on venting to God about my kids. And then I said this to God, which was, I don't even know why I said it, but I said, God, what do you think of them? Kind of like, aren't you agreeing with all of this? And I stopped as I was, I didn't stop walking, but I stopped to listen to see what God would say. And this was one of the most powerful parenting moments I've ever had for our sons. Because I said this to God, let's start with CJ. And so I said, what do you think of him? And I'm telling you the things that God told me about CJ. Here's the first thing that came to my head, just in my head that I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me isn't he the most fascinating person you've ever met? And I'm like, no, (laughs) you know, like, not really. But he goes, isn't he so unique? I made him in a way that he's without guile. He's like Nathaniel. You have to read about that in the Bible. He has no pretense about it. that is
0: so CJ. It's like, well, that was right from God.
1: Yeah, and he just gives grace to everybody. So God's telling me about CJ. And then he goes to Austin. He's like, like, Austin's like King David. He has that sensitive heart. But he has the heart of a warrior, too. And I'm like, really? Yeah, okay. And then I'm like, what about Cody? He goes, Oh, isn't he like Joshua? Cody's middle name is Joshua. And Joshua was the leader after Moses who led people. He goes, Joshua will be my man to lead thousands of people into my kingdom. He's a world changer. And I'm like, really? (laughs) And so you guys just hearing God's perspective because I've actually had women come up to me and they, here's what they said. There's nothing good to say to my husband. There's nothing good in him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, God doesn't see that. He sees all the good. Go back to when you first married him because there was something good in him that made you want to marry him. And here's
0: the amazing thing. When Ann spoke that out to our sons, which I watched you do this yeah. the rest of the time. It changed
1: my parenting. She
0: spoke it out to me. I'm telling you, women, that brings a man alive. You notice, you speak life, all right? And then the last one is desire. And what do I mean by that? I, this is crazy, but this is how a man uh, often thinks. It's like when my wife desires me sexually, it's respect. I don't know how to explain that to you. It just is. And we're going to talk about this next week a lot more. There's a whole section in the book on God's design for sex. But I'll tell you this. I remember one time I was uh, speaking to our staff at Kensington, and I had my iPad and uh, in the middle of the afternoon. And I get this text from Ann on my iPad as I'm teaching our staff. And it says something like, Hey, big guy, I'm waiting for you at home. That's all it said, which I knew what that meant. And I'm like, okay, we're done. We got to go. I feel like God's telling me to end right now, and I'm rushing home right away. It's like, and I know that's crazy. And I'm not advocating sending texts, although that'd be a good thing. It was just like, in your that, marriage. that thing in a marriage for a man actually is tied to respect. Wow. So, ladies, just hear this. Every guy is wired this way, he's longing for you to be his cheerleader and it's a choice that you make based on here here's the thing i'll say to you see your husband the way god sees him and say what god would say and it's going to be life it's going to be life okay we're done with guys yes let's, talk let's about
1: get women. to the women
0: all right it's really interesting you go back to that passage and again i'll remind you it said paul wrote this he says wives respect your husbands but he said to the husbands husbands you must love your wife as he loves himself. Yeah,
1: what's that mean?
0: Well, here's the thing. I, th- I think the word love has lost its meaning. We don't know what it means. We love ice cream. We love God. We love uh, the lion- Lions going to the Super Bowl. You know, whatever. It's just, it means nothing. But here's what guys do understand. Guys know what it means to cherish something. So... Change the word love to cherish because, guys, we cherish stuff. I have a TV. I have a motorcycle. You're not touching Your it. Guitars. I have guitars. They're in a humidified room. It's like we know how to cherish stuff. I protect them. I talk about them. I study them. It's like, okay, what would it be if I did that for you mm. to cherish, to love you as you, you deserve And So we gave you three cheers for a guy. I'm giving you four cherish moves. Why four and compare to three? Because women are complicated and they get one more. <laughs> because all we right? deserve more. Yeah, and they all start with the letter T. So guys... I started with the letter T because I know you're like me. Just tell me what to do, man. Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. So here's the first thing. And again, you got to ask your wife what makes you feel cherished. Yeah, because
1: every woman's going to be totally different, especially more so even than men, of what we need even in this time period. And so here's the first one is time. And that looks like, you guys, we still want you to pursue us. When we were dating, Dave and I were dating, he pursued me so much, and we still long for that. We've been married 38 years, and I'm like, still pursue me. Be with me. Spend time with me. Be romantic with me.
0: Here's what happens, guys. We get lazy. We just do. We get lazy. We pursue, pursue before the before the wedding, even maybe in the early months of the marriage, and then we just start pursuing other things that are important things, but we get lazy, and it's like, oh my gosh, I would just say to the guys, spend Time with her. Here's here's an action step. We talked about it already. Start putting in your calendar a date. Yeah. Take her out on a date. I'd say it's your job. Get a sitter for the kids. You make this happen. Be intentional. And then on that date, you got to do number two. The number two T is talk. And when you write this down, don't write T A L K. Write T A A A L K. Because they don't want to just talk. They want to. Talk about the relationship. Well,
1: honestly, Dave probably talks more in communication than I do at home, but I want to talk about our relationship and how we're doing, and that's when he shuts down, because you don't love to talk about that because he thinks he'll be in trouble, but women want to talk about, like, we want to know you, and we want you to know us, and so take the time for that. Here's a question, guys, you could ask us as women, that some of your wives will cry if you ask them this. Honey... How are you doing? Just that. How are you doing?
0: I actually, when we first started learning this, I I asked Ann, what do you want me to ask you on a date? And she, I had a pencil out, a little card, like, what do you want me to ask? She said, just ask me this. I'm writing it down. How are you doing? I'm like, you want me to ask you that? And so on on dates now, I'm like, how are you doing? Because I tell you what, if you're like us, your life's busy, you're crazy, kids doing all kinds of things, you don't talk.
1: And we want you to talk to us, too, in terms of how are you doing. And here's
0: a quick tip for the guys. When a woman wants to talk, she doesn't want us to fix and solve her problem. (laughs) You hear me? She doesn't want that. I'll, I'll never forget... Learning that earlier in our marriage when Ann was having this just hard day. The kids were little, snot, poop, you know, diapers, the whole thing. Some of you are there now. Thank God we're out of that stage. But it was just craziness. And I came home, and she was just complaining about her I'm, day. I'm
1: sitting at the kitchen table, and I start venting. Like, this is the worst day. Nobody has slept. Like, I haven't slept in weeks. And somebody has an ear infection, and somebody, they're fighting. And so I'm going on like this. And Dave looks at me and goes, oh, my gosh. I'm going to be right back. And so he goes upstairs. I'm like, where is he going? And then he comes down with a little piece of paper in his his hand. And I thought, oh, he's written me a love note. And I'm all excited. I'm like, oh, and he hands it to me. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And then it's numbered, like 1 to 10. I'm like, that's weird. But maybe it's the 10 things I love about you or the 10 reasons why you're this great mom. And so I'm like, oh, number one, get more organized. And I'm like, wait.
0: Okay, that's enough. enough. Number
1: two, use your time more wisely. I'm like, what is this?
0: (laughs) I mean, it was a bad moment in our marriage because it's like I thought, I actually thought God gave me this, (laughs) these 10 things she could do to get her life yeah, better. He,
1: yeah, because what he, he looks at it, he goes, you know, I feel like God gave me that. <laughs> and I'm like, you think this was from God? Tell him what
0: you did. Go ahead. I said,
1: this was not from God. This was from Satan. <laughs> and I rip it up and I throw it in his face. <laughs> she threw it in
0: my face. And you know what? She should have. That was so, I I honestly didn't know. You
1: thought that was helping you. Yeah, I
0: thought it was helping. I've learned, guys. You I, 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 Are you hearing this? She doesn't want you to solve or fix her problems. She wants you to be a part yes. and enter into her world with her problem. What's that do? That makes her feel cherished. That makes her feel loved that you are her partner. You are there. Listen now there may, to us. There may be a time to solve and fix. There are times now yes. I say, what do you need from me right now? That's the key. Did me. you
1: hear that? What do you need? What would be most helpful to you right now? And sometimes I'll just say, I just need you to listen. Other times I'll say I need your advice, but mostly I just need him to listen.
0: Yeah, so it makes her feel loved and cherished. What most women are like this when you spend time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you talk, and then here's number three: touch. Do you hear me, guys? Touch. And I know what you thought. You're like you're like me. I'm like yeah, he's talking about sex. No, I'm not talking and about we're sex. We're not
1: saying that's bad, but you know we need touch as well as that. Just non-sexual touch, just affection. Like when you're with her, put your hand on her leg. Hold her hand when you're walking. Put your arm around her. And some of you women, you may that may not be your thing, you know, and that's okay, but tell your husband. But honestly, just to be affectionate, hold the door open. Treat her like she's special, that you love her.
0: It's interesting. We read a book years ago that talked about the top, top five needs of a man and the top five needs of a woman. And the idea was if you don't know your spouse's top five needs, there's a chance for an affair. It's like you got to meet those needs. And I remember getting the book. And looking at it, it, said, number one need of men, this, this author said, was sex. I'm like, okay, I agree with that. I looked on the top five need of a woman, there's a chapter on each one, and sex wasn't in the top five. So I'll never forget, I brought that book to Anne, I hadn't even read it yet, and I just said, hey, why isn't sex in the top five? I can't believe it. it's number one for guys, it's not in the top five. And tell them what you said.
1: I'm like, no, that sex isn't all of those. That's a part of it. All of that is sex to us.
0: And so what the guy said, guys, you better write this down. He said, the top three needs of a woman. Now, ask your wife, is this true for you? But he said this. I've never forgotten. I don't need to look at notes. I've never forgotten because I went to Ann and said, is this true? And she said, yeah, pretty much true. Number one, you're writing this down, guys? Affection. What is that? Non-sexual affection. Touch. I and didn't even know just, what that and was. And it's just
1: caring, too. It's not just the touch part. It's just caring for us, number, noticing us.
0: Number two, conversation. Yes. What's that? Talk, right? Number three, honest, honesty and openness. Mm, we like that. What's that mean? That means sharing your heart, vulnerable weaknesses. Here's the thing, guys. No other woman gets my heart. Yes. Only this one. And
1: the same for me as a man. No other man gets my heart. I think that's really important.
0: And so here you go. I told you there's four action steps to cherish your wife. Time, talk, touch. last one's truth. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by truth? Go vertical. Your wife longs for you as her man to take her to Jesus. I mean that. Am I right?
1: I would say go to Jesus with us. Because so so often sometimes as women, and, and it can be flipped. It can be either way. But I know for me as a woman, I want Dave with me or before me. You know, sometimes we're like, we're jogging back and forth and one is ahead and one's behind. But we want our guys to be with us right on track spiritually, you know, to share stuff that you're learning or like that's really big to initiate prayer. We love that. And
0: that's why we said in the first session, first week, pray, pray daily together. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's a spiritual move to go vertical, not just alone, but together. It can change your marriage. I'll end with this. Years ago, I made a New Year's resolution, which I don't often do, but the boys were little. And I said to Ann on New Year's Eve, I said, this year, I'm going to go, after we put the boys down to bed, I'm going to go to my office and get on my knees and I'm going to pray for five minutes and pray about who they'll marry someday and their, 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 their lives growing up. And I said, you don't need to join me. It's my New Year's resolution. Long story short... 17, 18 days into January, we are praying together every night. Oh,
1: yeah, when he did that, like, I'm in. Like, I want to do that with you. This is awesome. And it
0: took, like, five minutes. Yeah. It wasn't this big old deal, but I'll never forget, like, day 17, we're just about to get off our knees, and she grabs my arm, and she goes, hey, I just got to tell you this. I go, what? She goes, this just turns me on. And she sort of said it like that. Like, I was like, what are you like, what do you mean? She goes, I don't know how to explain this, but doing this with you every day is like romantic. It's just, it just makes me want you. It's very romantic. but so it's
1: like foreplay. It's yeah. like you're so attractive <laughs> to me right now. Here's
0: all I know. I remember that moment. I didn't say this out loud, but I thought, if this is how this works, I lead her spiritually, At least, I was like, I'm going to become the Apostle Paul.
1: <laughs>
0: it was crazy. But here's the deal. That isn't why you do it, but it's like, oh my gosh. And, and a man I want to I paint leads. reality.
1: Okay. Yeah. Go I'm going to paint reality. Like, We did that for a while and then we don't do it on our knees every single night. So don't be on your husband or your wife like you never do that. Don't hold it against them. But those are like goals that you put in. Now what were you gonna say?
0: I was just gonna say this. Women, cheer for your man. Mm. Men, cherish. And now you know what those words mean. Cherish your wife.
1: Women, here's your homework. Ask your husband or a guy friend, what does it look like to respect you. What can I do to respect you? Guys, ask your wife, what does it look like? Or single guys, to a friend, what does it look like for me? What would love look like to you? That's your homework.
2: Wasn't that good? Well, hey, I would like to introduce you guys to my wife, Melissa. (laughs) You have your own little cheering section there. I need to get me one of those. but no, hey, uh, we're, we're going to talk to you just for a few minutes in response to that video. But before we do, we're going to kind of do the get, get a little bit of something out of the way. We're going to receive our offering now. And so, um, ushers, if you guys would come forward. And for those of you that are new here, first couple times here, let the basket go by. We're grateful you're here. We're not interested in your money. We're just thankful that we get to share this morning with you. And for those of you that call Kensington home... This is where we give back to God. And as we do, we say thank you for what you've given to me. Um, and that really is kind of an act of worship. It's an it's an act of, of being grateful. And for those of you that give online, thank you so much. Because I know right now you're not going to be putting anything in the basket. That's okay. We're just grateful that you are, are, uh, are in on the vision and mission that we have here with us. Um, so as, as we kind of respond to this, this is a great for me because I don't get to get Melissa up here very often. Um, one, she just doesn't like it up here. I don't know why? Isn't this great? You have a cheering section, um, and uh, and, uh, and and also she's usually in K kids serving. And um, but but we were at a track meet yesterday, um, watching our oldest son run. We have two boys, 16, 14, two girls, twelve and ten. And and I was uh, I just said Melissa, you know, I, we watched Dave and Ann a little bit earlier in the week, and I'm like, well, what, what do you think? What hit you? What do you feel like we should share? And and um, she just had something. You said something to me that literally just changed um, the way I I just kind of saw us in that moment. And I want you to just share it, because it was fantastic.
3: Yeah, well, um, so we were watching, my son was running a relay, and so we were watching the relay racers pass the baton, and there was this guy from one of the teams, and he was standing on the sidelines, and he was like, he's right behind you, go, go, go! And it wasn't true at all. I mean, the next (laughs) runner was like half the track around, but like this person just started like booking it, you know? And it was just cool to watch the team cheer for each other. And for me, I watch Dave and Ann and I think about how hard it is to do the stuff that they were talking about every day. We've been married for a long time, and on the way to the track meet, we had a not-so-great conversation where I was frustrated, and um, I was just kind of reminded that I need to align myself with Kevin on the same team, instead of trying to prove him, you know, prove to him that I'm right, or prove to him that He's not appreciating me. You're not doing something right. And um, just kind of having that shift in perspective was really good for me because when I cheer for him, when I make him better, it makes us better, and it benefits me, and it benefits us. So even though it feels like I'm losing something by cheering for him, really, I'm not. Yeah. It's kind of... A better way to think.
2: Well, and too, it, when she said that, here's what clicked for me. Because, you know, you, you, you were driving down to this, this track meet and you're having a not so great conversation. And it's like, you know, depending on your, you know, uh, conflict style, it's like you want to win. You want to prove that you're right. Well, you know if you win, the other loses. And so as soon as she said, you know, I wanna, it's about team and we need to see each other as a team, it was just like it co- totally broke that mindset of proving a point. Because it, for me to win means she has to lose. And if she loses, I lose because we're a team and we're in this together. And it made the whole day, it just kind of clicked for me of just going, you know, I, what I love about what we're doing this series, um, it, it's like it, there's no difference between Melissa and I and you guys. Like we struggle just like you in our marriage. And it's like with with kids running around the house and there's so much stuff going on, you just, it's so easy to get off track. It's so easy to just forget um, what you're in it to do and what the mission and purpose is. And you get off track, you start habits, and uh, it's just nice in a series like this to do what? Just get a little course correction, just to sit back and go, oh, that's what it's all about, and that was what it was for me when she said that. It just clicked. I'm like, oh, I forget that sometimes. that We're literally on the same team. Like, how dumb? You're like, you're a pastor. You're, what are you thinking? And I'm like, it, that's life, right? And so I, I wanted to ask you, um, to you, being a team, being a team, what does that mean for you um, when you think of it that way, when you think of us that way?
3: Um... I think part of it is giving you the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I really resonated with that drama, right? I mean, it was kind of one off comment and then all of a sudden she's walking out the door. And you know, if just at one point she would have seen things differently or he would have seen things differently, it could have ended differently. And so it's giving you the benefit of the doubt. And then I love what Dave and Anne were talking about too, just asking God to show me how he sees you. Hmm. And how he sees us as a team. Because I think he has plans for us that I don't know about. Yeah. And I want to know about those so that I can help make them happen and um, speak into those, speak life into those. So
2: Yeah. Well, and I think, I think, I think for me, um, you know, it, it's, this is a great reminder and a great, great lesson. So yesterday, while we're getting into it in the car, I'm literally praying. I'm just going vertical. Because I'm like, I'm not hearing her. And I don't know what she's trying to say. And I wanna I want to... Prove I'm right. I want to say that what she's seeing isn't true. And I'm just praying, going, God, 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 give me, give me, help me see this differently. Give me discernment. Give me wisdom. And like for me, just being a team is really that vertical first piece. It just changes everything. And I think that's what we're learning over this whole series is, is at any moment, you can go vertical. At any moment, in any day, in any conversation, you can go vertical. And what does Jesus say? He's like, right there with you. I'm there. I'm there. The moment you go vertical, he meets us right there. And he can change our vertical so that our horizontal just has a totally different outcome. Um, and, and that is really our prayer for us throughout this whole series is just that, that, that we would be vertical first people. To where in every relationship we're going vertical and getting filled up and then our horizontal changes. And so we want to pray with you um, before we finish our service with a couple of songs. And so, Melissa, would you um, pray for the women in the room and and I will pray for the men. So let's bow our heads in prayer.
3: Dear God, I thank you so much for the marriages represented in the room. And just the principles that you teach us about going vertical first. you long to speak into our lives and tell us things that we need to know. And so I just pray this week as we face relationships maybe that need a little bit of work, maybe that just need some attention, um, I pray that we would go to you and ask for your wisdom in those relationships, whether it be our marriage or something else. And God, for us women in the room for the wives, I really pray that you would give them words to cheer their husbands today. Um, I pray that you would speak personal things that... um, you know about into their hearts and that you would give them the courage to say them. Sometimes it sounds really cheesy um, when we think about saying things that we kind of always think, but we maybe don't verbalize enough. And so I just pray that you would give us the courage as women to speak out and speak life into our husbands.
2: Father, I pray for the men in the room, Um, God, that we would just be vertical first, Um, Lord, especially in our, in our marriages and in our, if we're dating and our significant relationships, Lord, I pray that we would be vertical first men that would go to you and allow you to fill us up with love so that we might pour it out on our wife. Fill us up with love so that we might pour it out on our kids. Fill us up with love so that we may pour it out on the people around us so that they might um, not see us as great, but they might get a little taste and glimpse of, of you because you're great and you love them. And Lord, we can only do that when we go to you because you're the only one that can fill us up to overflowing with the love that we need to really make the people around us better. And Lord, I pray for just a moment for those in the room that haven't accepted you into their life yet. They might know all the truth that they need about you, but they haven't crossed that line of faith. And if that's you right now and you're just feeling God press on your heart, that's, that's him. That's him inviting you into relationship with him. And I just want to pray for you. And I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me of just simply inviting Jesus into your life because he will make all the difference in the world. And so if that's you, would you just pray with me and make my words yours? Nothing magical or special about the words. It's really the posture of your heart, but it's simple. Just re- repeat these words in your heart to God. God, I need you. I want to go vertical right now and invite you into my life. I believe you sent your son to die for me, to pay for my sin. And that by inviting you into my life, not only do you bring forgiveness, but you bring an eternity in heaven. And I thank you for that. Help me to live my life vertical first fill me up so that I might be different for the rest of my days on this earth. In your holy name, amen. And I'll just say this,